Good morning, Great Oaks. Good morning. How are you? All right. Man, won't you, uh, won't you stand with us? We're going to sing some songs together. If you're in the lobby, come on in. We're going to join all together. Yes, we are. Ha, ha, ha. I was lost in shame, could not get past my blame until he called my name. I'm so glad he changed me. Darkness held me down, but Jesus Saved me, see I now a new creation in Christ. The old is gone, there's new life. I live by faith, not by sight. There is a new name written down in glory, and it's mine. Yes, it's
All right. Good morning, Great Oaks. How we doing? Everyone have a good Thanksgiving? Anyone still in the food coma? You guys can have a seat real quick. Uh, we have a couple announcements for you. Uh, we're so glad that you chose to spend your Sunday morning with us. Again, we hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Thanks for coming. My name is Daniel, and my co-host uh, is... I'm, I'm Max Large, and good Woo! morning, y'all. Um, so first off, uh, after announcements, the worship band is going to sing us a few more songs. The words will be up on the screen again. You guys can join us and engage in worship however you feel comfortable. If you're a guest this morning, thank you so much for coming. We're so glad to have you here. And uh, if you could, you could text, uh, text VIPGH to, uh, <laughs> to 97000. It'd be much appreciated. And, uh, and then after service, you could go to Connection Central and meet with one of our volunteers. They're great people, I promise. I've met them all. And, uh, and then if you're joining us online this morning, uh, someone will, will have someone to reach out to you this week. Yeah. Uh, if you're new with us this morning or you haven't been here in a while, we want to let you know of what's going on in Kids Town. So that's kind of our kids programming that goes on during church service. Okay, so obviously uh, happening now, it does happen also first service. Um, really cool opportunity for you. We do know that um, there's kind of a, a really cool dynamic spiritually when it comes to your kids watching you worship and being involved in a Sunday morning service with you. Um, but if you're someone that's like, hey man, like I would love for my kids to be a part of this. Uh, there are really cool adults that serve there. Uh, your kid will learn a whole bunch about how much Jesus loves them, uh, very practical things, uh, and kind of tear down the walls of like, this is what church can be like, and it's really awesome, all right? There's a party that goes on over there. It's really cool. Um, and so if you're interested in that, want your kid to be involved in that, uh, if you go out to Connection Central, they'll guide you on your way and show you where your child will go. So there, it goes birth through sixth grade. And uh, Thanksgiving is now past. I hope you all had a great Thanksgiving. And guess what season it is now? Christmas season. Who's excited for that? Woo! Yeah. Uh, so we have a couple important dates for our Christmas season. We have uh, December 18th. We'll be having our uh, pre-K through sixth grade come and join us and sing us some songs. It's going to be awesome. Hopefully there'll be a lot of people here to listen to him sing. It's always great every year. And then uh, after that, we have uh, Christmas Eve. We're going to be having two services, one at 4 p.m. and one at 7 p.m. And the nursery will be open on that day for uh, up to two years old for the nursery. And then uh, after that, Christmas morning, we would love if you guys join us at 10 a.m. We're going to have one special family service. And the nursery will be open for that. And uh, please make sure you wear your most festive pajamas. It's going to be awesome. Daniel already has his princess pajamas picked out. It's going to be great. I can't and wait I've to see I've got a long sleeve shirt that says, Welcome to North Swole. So uh, that'll be great. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, it's going to be great. So we hope you'll join us for that. And then lastly, want to let you guys know. Uh, of baptism class so if you're someone here that's like uh, I'm interested in baptism curious about uh, what what baptism looks like at Great Oaks uh, it's a huge celebration okay baptism is a big deal here at Great Oaks and so if you're interested in either making that public declaration of faith uh, in front of your community of believers here uh, or you're just interested have questions about it uh, we invite you to come to baptism class so that's going to be uh, December 4th during this service so 10 45, uh, and you can ask any questions you have. We'll kind of discuss uh, what baptism is, what it looks like at Great Oaks. And then if you're someone that wants to sign up to be baptized and actually walk through that, um, they'll help you with that. And uh, we actually have another baptism service January 15th. And so you can jump on board with that, uh, part of that celebration. And then if you have any questions about that at all too, uh, beyond just the class, you can uh, email uh, Pastor Paul. And uh, that's through, that's 
just through his church email and he can answer any questions you have as well. Um, but again, guys, we're so thankful that you're here this morning. Thanks for joining us. If you guys would stand, the band is going to continue to lead us in worship. Oh, thank you guys for telling us all things Great Oaks. Well, like they just said, Thanksgiving's past us. We can start into some Christmas songs, right? Yeah, all right. This may not be quite the traditional Christmas song, but I think y'all can catch on and have some fun. So join us, okay? Come on. Come on. Who brings the power of sin and darkness? Whose love is mighty and so much stronger? The King of glory, the King above all kings. Who shakes the whole In awe and wonder, the King of glory, the King above all kings. All right, you ready?
in church can be fun, right? Yes, it's always great to come. We get to sing together and enjoy each other, enjoy singing to our Lord together. And it's just a great, great thing. So, a quick little story. So there's, in our, in our home, in my wife and I's home, we've got some wall art. And on this wall art, it says, pray, trust, wait. Now, I don't know about you, but some of that I'm okay with. The prayer part, the praying part, I talk to God multiple times through the day, even if it's just little pop-up prayers to say thank you. I do that. Hopefully, you guys are doing that too. The trust, I trust God for who He says He is, and I trust Him to do His will. But that wait part, does anybody have an issue with the waiting? Yeah, okay. So we're going to sing this song with the waiting part in mind, all right? don't believe in fairy tales I guess I've outgrown them That doesn't mean I don't believe That there's something bigger than me Cause I've seen it in a hospital room When the doctor said sorry There's nothing more we can do Well it wasn't through I've never seen a at the end of a rainbow But I've got a promise I can hold In the middle of the struggle God, if you said you're performing May not be how I want you to Ooh, But here's what I'll do I'm gonna wait on you I'm gonna wait on you Tasting your goodness, I'll trust in your promise. I'm gonna wait on you. I'm gonna wait on you. I've tasted your goodness. I'll trust in your promise. I'm gonna wait on you. What is next? You're the future And all the questions that come saying To the one I know is true
that we can all gather and sing songs of praise to you. Father, as we pray and we trust, help us to wait on you. Father, when we are tempted to do things in our own power and our own will, Father, if we just wait, your will, your power far surpasses anything of our own. God, we praise you. We love you. It's all in the amazing name of Jesus that we all say amen. You can have a seat. Turn your eyes to the screens. Hello. Thank you for taking time to learn more about Midwest Food Bank. My name is Eric Hodel, the Chief Executive Officer here at Midwest Food Bank. And I'd like to talk to you a little bit about the inflationary challenges that we and our partners and our food recipients are facing during this economic period of inflation. Inflation is having an impact on everyone, but specifically for those that are at or near the poverty line. Midwest Food Bank is currently seeing an increase of demand from our food recipients to our agencies of 25 to 30 percent. What that means is 25 to 30 percent more people are coming to food pantries and soup kitchens to receive food that Midwest Food Bank has given to them so they can have a way to provide food for their family or them as an individual. The impact for Midwest Food Bank is multiple. As you can imagine, our fuel cost is driving higher costs for our trucking and our fleet. That also translates into a higher brokerage costs that are two times what they were a year ago to bring a load of food into our location. The economic inflation uh, are resulting in challenges for Midwest Food Bank, but they're not challenges that we're running from, we're leaning into. And so with your help, and with the collaboration of our team and our volunteers, we continue to do our best and trust that God will do the rest as we go and procure food for our agencies. Midwest Food Bank continues to maintain a focus on serving those in need and doing it as efficiently as possible. We're thankful for all those that continue to support the organization. It's your support that allows us to continue to serve those in need and to make sure that we continue to steward your dollars with the maximum efficiency that we possibly can as an organization during this inflationary and economic uncertainty. To learn more, to volunteer, or to financially support Midwest Food Bank, you can visit our website at www.midwestfoodbank.org. 
Thanks and have a blessed day. Good morning, church. Hey, so it is the fourth Sunday of the month, which means it's a Kingdom Builder highlight. If you don't know what Kingdom Builders is at Great Oaks, maybe you're new. Kingdom Builders are all of our local and global partners that we send resources of finances and service hours to. If you don't know how that works at Great Oaks, as you guys tithe to Great Oaks, as you guys give offering, we tithe as a church. And so we give out our tithe to our local partners like Midwest Food Bank. And so this coming Tuesday, something specials happening. Maybe you know what it already is, but like we had Black Friday on Friday. Who participated in Black Friday? Anybody in the room shop? A couple shoppers. All right. Uh, yesterday was Small Business Saturday. Tomorrow is Cyber Monday. That's when I get my Christmas shopping done. All right. Tuesday is Giving Tuesday. So all of our nonprofits and charity organizations, that's a day that they have where they'll match a lot of things that come in. So Giving Tuesday for Midwest Food Bank, if you jump onto their website and give, You'd be amazed where money, how far money they can stretch it. So, for example, one of the things they do is called Tender Mercy Food Packs, where they send overseas and also to disaster areas. $250 provides 1,000 meals in a disaster zone. So think about that this coming Tuesday. And like I said earlier, we tithe to them. So as we get this time of the, our service, we have our tithes and offerings. There's three ways to give this morning at Great Oaks. That is either by texting dollar amount, giving online, or out front in the lobby. Those ways are going to be on the screen. I believe that you can give to us this morning as well because we have operating costs that for us to do ministry that we do here. And remember, as you guys think about this and do this, we're truly taking Galatians 6 to heart, bearing with one another's burdens. So that's why we have our partnerships, because we believe that we're stronger and in this together. Let's pray. Dear Father, we're just so glad we can gather in your house this morning. God, as we talk about one of our partners, we pray for all that's going on at Midwest Food Bank, all the great things that they do, helping out communities in need, those that do not have the funding to get food daily, or maybe those that have been hit by natural disaster and are in need of relief. So God, we thank you for the hands that are there in that organization. Continue to be with them. We lift this up in your name. Amen. Well, good morning and welcome to Great Oaks. Whether it is your first time here, you're in town visiting family and you're just completely full of turkey or you're watching online, we're glad that you are giving us this part of your Sunday and joining in with us. So this morning we're starting a new series, but before we dive into that, 
I have a couple questions for you. This is the audience participation part of the show. So are we awake? Everybody ready to go? Okay, so I believe there are three types of Christmas music people in the world. You can judge me and tell me I'm totally wrong, but I think, there's th- I think you fall into one of three categories. The first, and yes, I will tell you where I fall and it'll be pretty evident. The first is you're one of those people who I think might be a little bit mentally insane, who thinks that it is okay to listen to Christmas music in June. Anybody like watching fireworks go off, listening to Christmas music, 4th of July? All right, there are a few. There were more in first service. All right, the second group uh, takes Christmas music and it is the day after Thanksgiving or maybe as soon as you're done eating dinner, the Christmas music comes on and you will listen to nothing else other than Christmas music for the next 30 days. Anybody in that camp? All right, you guys are a little bit better. You're not listening to it in June. So I'm of the camp, and maybe this is why I made this the third one. Christmas music is acceptable on Christmas Eve day until presents are opened on Christmas day. And then you can put that music back on the shelf and not play it again next, until next year. Anybody else? Am I alone in this? Can- no. Oh man, you guys, that might win the Christmas music competition this year. So, all right. So you can figure out which group you're in, talk to your friends, form a petition, figure out what you want to do with that. But so for those of you who are Christmas music lovers, I want to do a little audience participation. You can clap, you can cheer, you can just raise your hand. We'll let you decide how loud or obnoxious you want to be for your favorite Christmas song, all right? So you don't get to pick out of all the Christmas songs that ever existed. I'm going to give you five choices. They're all church Christmas songs, so there's no Mariah Carey who thinks she's queen of Christmas or whatever going on here. No jingle bells, any of that kind of stuff. So, all right, so let's see who who likes, if you like... Oh, come all ye faithful. That's your favorite Christmas song. All right, we got one couple hands, not too many cheers. Uh, Dave, cut that from the Christmas list. That was a dud in both services. All right, joy to the world, unspeakable joy. Yeah! Uh, We got some excitement down here in the front row. All right, angels we have heard on high. Oh, a little bit there, not quite as much as joy. Silent night. All right. And Noel. Oh, I heard of it. Yeah, wow. Yeah. All right, it's rough. Uh, Dave, uh, I, I want you to know, Christmas Eve better be good. The Silent Night won both services. So, uh, so, so whether you uh, love or hate Christmas music, and by the way, I think you're actually just all py- pyromaniacs who like to play with fire. You don't actually like the song. You just say, I get to hold a lit candle. It'll be great. All right. So whether you love or hate Christmas music, we can all agree that a good playlist makes everything better. You can think about a car trip. A good playlist makes a car trip better. Now, I've never lived at home since I was 18. Corey and I have always had to drive for Christmas and for holidays, and a good playlist will change your car trip. I pick my instructors at the gym to the classes I go to based on the playlist that they're going to play. Because a bad playlist during a workout is a nightmare. I mean, it just, it's torturous for the rest of the time. And if you were to stop by our house on a Saturday morning, you would find that the Rotans have a cleaning playlist. So it is, you are much better at cleaning your house if you got a little music going in the background. Now, as a family, we don't agree on what makes a good playlist for cleaning, uh, but there is lots of, there's always music going. The truth is music has the power to change our perspective 
It can lift our spirits. It puts us in a right frame of mind to do even the simplest, most mundane tasks. And if that's true for the mundane, I think it's maybe even more true for some of the things that really matter in life. I mean, imagine what it would be like if you had to come here and listen to me talk on a Sunday morning and there was no worship team. I know, this is when it got quiet, those services makes me feel a little, I know you guys wouldn't be here, it's okay, I get it. As we prepare for Christmas, I wanna invite you to join in this journey with us as we discover the message of four songs written in the Gospel of Luke and explore the lives of the four individuals who wrote those songs. We're gonna look at songs written by Mary, Zechariah, the angels, and Simeon surrounding the birth of the Messiah. And I believe the truth of these songs will put our hearts and minds in the place they need to be to best hear and experience the message of Christmas all over again. So as we dive into Mary's song this morning, would you join me in prayer? God, as we gather this morning, we invite you into this place. We know your word says where two or three are gathered, you are there. And so God, as we dive into your word, as we look at your son's birth, God, I pray that you'd make this story fresh. I pray that it would be exciting to us. I pray that you'd open our hearts and minds. Father, for those who are here or watching online and maybe wondering, yeah, I'm not sure I buy this whole Jesus thing. I pray that as we explore these songs and passages, we would see hearts and lives change because of the work your Holy Spirit is doing. And so, Father, today we ask that you speak. That calm our hearts, calm our minds that are thinking about a million things as we walk in this room this morning so that we can hear what you have to say. We love you. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, before we dive right into Mary's song, I think it's important to understand and be on the same page about what's happening. So if you have your Bibles or phones, go ahead and open up to Luke chapter 1, verse 26. If you're in a paper Bible and you're like, where's Luke? Matthew, Mark, Luke's third book, the New Testament. If you get to John or Acts, you've gone too far, go back towards the front of your Bible. We're going to take a look at Luke and what Luke says about Mary. Now, one of the things I'm afraid of is that we get so bored with this story. It becomes so well-known that we miss the excitement that's actually there. It's like, oh yeah, it's Christmas again. So of course, we have to go back to the beginning part of the Gospels, hear about Jesus' birth and all these things. And it just becomes this, like, this is what we do once we've heard it so often if you've been around the church for a while. But this is an amazing story. And so as we read this morning, I want to encourage you, to do the best you can to lean in, to not just let the truth of the story be like, oh yeah, I knew this already, but to really let it hit you and to speak to you again today. Luke 1.26, it says this, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David, right? And so this is, it's already started, right? You're like, oh yeah, I knew this. Right? We knew this. I want you to pause for a minute. So if you do the timing of this, it's like 4th of July. 
And Mary's whole family's over for the July. Mary's had a, her burger. She decides she's a teenage girl. She's gonna go in and hang out in her room, get away from everybody for a minute. She sits down in her room, closes the door, and an angel shows up in her room. Can you put yourself in that? Can you imagine what it would be like to be 12 or 13, having a family party, and then walk into your room and all of a sudden close the door, turn around and, oh, there's an angel. I don't think any of us go, Oh, uh, another, another day of my life, right? I think we'd all be like, wait, what just happened? So let's pick up the next verse. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed. Yeah, that probably fits. I would be confused and disturbed if I turned around and there's an angel. Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary. Too late, Gabriel. We're way past two, not being afraid. For you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will call, you will name him Jesus. For he will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. But Mary asked the angel, How can this happen? I'm a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and you will be called, and will, he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. All right, hold on. I want, want you to invite, want to, maybe you got to close your eyes to get into this story. Don't miss this. We're, we'll just stick with the Fourth of July theme, right? We've all been with family. You're there. Mary's tired. She goes in to take a nap. Her hamburger's sitting a little heavy. She comes back out and she's like, you guys can be aunt and uncles for the, for the day. Be like, hey, I just went in my room and an angel came to me and told me that I'm going to be pregnant. Your 12 to 13 year old niece tells you this. You're like, oh, sure, normal day. Seems like, a, seems like a plausible story. No, you're beginning to be like, what? And then Mary's like, oh yeah. And you know, Aunt Elizabeth, who's not here? She's not here because she's pregnant. And the whole family is like, Mary has lost her mind. Elizabeth has been trying to have kids forever and she can't. She can't be pregnant. That's the story we're in. This is not like you're like, oh, look, it's just mundane. And then she's, then she's like, hold on, wait, wait a minute. I promise, I promise, I'm pregnant, but I haven't had sex. And the baby I'm about to give birth to is God's son, the Messiah. You know, the one we've been waiting for centuries on to come and save us, the one who God promised he would send that would be an heir of David on David's throne. That's who I, that's the baby growing in my belly. And we're all like, what happened to Mary? She was so normal. What was in the cheeseburger? We don't know. This story just continues to unfold. But Mary knew. Mary knew the message the angel had sent. And so Mary's response to that angel as she sits there in her room is Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. 
A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. There's nothing ordinary about this story. A visit from an angel, a virgin pregnancy, life in a dead womb, a promise that you'll be blessed through faith, not by what you do. And those are just the things we see on the surface. Dig a little bit deeper. For Mary and the Israelites of that day, it's been 400 years. There have been no angels, no prophets, no fresh revelations from God. For 400 plus years, God's been silent. And now God's chosen to speak to a 12 or 13 year old girl. In the midst of Mary's situation, the world Mary's growing up in is a world of political unrest. The Romans are in control, but they've established a two-tiered government system where Roman overseers and Jewish leaders exercise control in the name of Rome. It's a system of power that Herod the Great has come to power in, and he rules as a tyrant over Israel, turning his back on his own people. Herod's a Jew who's agreed to rule and serve the Roman Empire. I'm not sure it requires a lot of effort for us to understand there's some hopelessness going on here. Here's Mary in this small village Pregnant as a teenager. Maybe the truth is, as you prepare to enter the Christmas season, you're right there with Mary and Elizabeth. Feeling a little hopeless. There's a war raging in the Ukraine that's driving prices of things higher all around the world, that's stopping supply chains or slowing them down, Do you remember two years ago when we never talked about supply chains? And now I feel like I know more about supply chains than I've ever wanted to know in my entire life. We live in a political climate in America that's so divided, we can't even talk about the things that matter anymore without having to stop talking to somebody or not following somebody on social media. We can't even have the conversation And those are just the big global things that are happening on TV screens or social media screens all around us. But what about our own lives? In a room this big, I can't imagine that everybody's filled with Christmas joy today. My guess is there's some here whose marriages are struggling. And maybe you're wondering if it's even going to make it to Christmas but you feel like you're stuck and there's no place to go for help. 
You've got kids who are making choices that you don't agree with, adult kids, young kids, and you're trying to figure out how do I parent? How do I love? How do I show them what they should do? How do I help them understand the impact of the choices and the consequences they're making without becoming overbearing and shoving them further away? Maybe some of you are wrestling with medical diagnosis and wondering, what does the future hold? There's all kinds of things at the holidays that can begin to collapse this festive spirit that we're all supposed to have. And really, sometimes we come to December 1st and what we feel is empty and hopeless. I think those feelings are one of the reasons I have actually come to appreciate Advent. Advent doesn't have all the pressure that Christmas has. If you're not familiar with Advent, it's the one traditional thing inside the church that I actually like. Chase makes fun of me because I have this one tradition that I like, and I'm like the most anti-traditional person in the world. But like Advent is this four weeks leading up to Christmas where the church historically has paused. And Advent simply means arrival. We're waiting on the arrival of Jesus and it's this 28-day period where we await the birth of Jesus again. But as we sit in the church now, we not only await to celebrate the birth of Jesus again, we await his second coming, the arrival of his second coming. And historically, the church has looked at these themes of hope, peace, joy, and love over this time. Sermon pause free commercial, I don't get paid for. If you're looking for something for your family to do to enrich this Advent season, I would highly recommend you get on thebibleproject.com. They've got cartoon videos that are engaging for parents that teach kids. They walk through each of the themes. There's scripture readings. There's a little devotional to read. You can read it every day if you want. Now, please, I understand how these everyday Bible readings go. I've failed just as often as you have. Come to like December 21st and been like, all right, kids, sit down. We're going to read 19 Advent readings today and it's going to be great, right? I know we've been there. Don't put that pressure on yourself. What if you've never done an Advent reading and you say, hey, you know what? We're going to do four this year. We'll get one a week done. I can do one a week. Do something. This is just one tool. Commercial over, all right? Advent is real. That's what I feel like anyway. Amidst the pressure of the gifts, the parties, the expectations that everybody else seems to have, Christmas seems to have lost its meaning. But when I pause for Advent and I await the arrival of Jesus, something different seems to connect in my spirit. It's through this discipline of waiting on Jesus' arrival that we join with Mary in waiting on the arrival of Jesus. Advent reminds us that life is not and we were never promised it would be easy. But when we pause for Advent, we can experience hope. The same hope that Mary experienced as she wrote this song in Luke 1.46. This is how Mary responded to that unbelievable story we just read. 
Oh, how my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he took notice of his lowly servant. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy and he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He's filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He's helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. For he made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. Mary stayed with Elizabeth about three months and then went back to her own home. I think if you boil this song of Mary's down to one sentence, it's this truth. We experience hope when we remember God is faithful. We experience hope when we remember that God is faithful. That's what Gabriel told Mary, isn't it? For the word of God will never all capital letters, never fail. And I think Mary's song highlights two ways that God is faithful. First, God is faithful to see the humble. Maybe the most amazing thing that we see in Mary's story or the thing that sets Mary's story apart from everything else, Mary's not pleading for something right? Mary's not like, oh, God, I need this. God, I've wanted to have a kid and I can't and I need a child. God, Mary's not coming to God. Mary's going about life and God sees her. God took notice of Mary, the text says. He saw the place where she lived. He saw the environment in which she was growing up. <clears throat> God does not notice Mary because Mary's great, or because Mary had some expectation of him, or because Mary lived in some great place. It's actually quite the opposite. God saw Elizabeth, barren and childless, in a time where her entire worth would have been in the ability to have kids. God saw Mary, a 12, 13-year-old girl in a society that didn't value women, growing up in Nazareth, a town that's not even mentioned in the Old Testament. Most Bible scholars say it's a rural backwater town of less than 200 people. You listen to the Gospel of John, Andrew sees Jesus, goes and gets Philip, and Philip sees Jesus and goes to get Nathanael. And this is what happens in John 1, 45 and 46. Philip went to look for Nathanael and told him, we found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nazareth? exclaimed Nathanael. Can anything good come from Nazareth? Right? You've got that town in your, where you grew up, right? You're like, can anything good? Can anything good? It'd be Boaz for me. Could anything good come from Boaz? You blink and you miss it, right? 
But God took notice of Mary. God saw something in her. Mary's confused when Gabriel says she's favored. She's confused because she's favored for all the reasons that the world doesn't favor us. Yet it's this idea that emboldens Mary's cry out in this powerful song, declaring that God is at work and God sees those who are often overlooked. One of my favorite professors in seminary was Dr. Lois Malcolm. She grew up a child of missionaries in the Philippines. And she grew up on that island among some of the poorest people in the nation. And she would often share the story with us about how they would respond when they heard Mary's song. It was the first time that anyone had told them the good news that God cared about them. The poor and the oppressed. She would say, think about it. Think about, imagine being poor. You wonder why? Why are we poor? Maybe you just think to yourself, this is just the way things are. Or maybe you hear... Kings and queens rule by divine right. God wants them to be rich and powerful, and that means God wants you to be poor. Or growing up there, she said, we heard the poor are poor because they did something bad in a previous life. They deserve to be poor in this life, and if they suffer their poverty bravely and gladly, they can be born into a better caste in the next life. She recounted stories of talking to others who said, We're poor because we aren't smart enough to be wealthy. Mary's song declares that Jesus has come to challenge the power of sin, death, the devil, and oppression. Jesus has come in the strength of the Lord to do what the Lord has always done. Lift up the lowly, free the enslaved, feed the hungry, and give justice to the widow, the orphan, and the traveler. Mary's song joins with songs that the Israelites have been singing, reading, and celebrating for centuries. Listen to the words of the psalmist in Psalm 146, 7 through 9. He gives justice to the oppressed and food to the hungry. The Lord frees the prisoners. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are weighed down. The Lord loves the godly. The Lord protects the foreigners among us. He cares for the orphans and widows, but he frustrates the plan of the wicked. Mary found hope in the realization that God has seen her. And God hasn't only seen her, but he's seen all of us who might feel like we're on the margins. God sees you. God sees me. In the midst of our struggles, as we fight to celebrate Christmas, as we wrestle with things that are pushing us down, I want you to know God has seen you. God is with you. When you feel all alone and like there's no hope in the middle of this battle, God is there beside you to lift you up, to encourage you, to walk next to you. And while Mary's song is an encouragement for those on the margins, Mary's song is a reminder, a reality check for the rich, for the in crowd, for the proud. It's a reminder 
of their responsibility to love, to care, and to comfort those around them. Theologian and scholar Daryl Bach says, one of the delusions of wealth, power, and status is that we think we're in control of life. Another illusion is that we're somehow better than others. God disdains the proud. Church, if we sit in a place of privilege, we have an incredible responsibility to care for those around us who live a different experience every day. There's nothing inherently wrong with wealth or power. But as followers of Jesus, we need to make sure we're doing all we can to help and serve those around us. After all, this is how Jesus spent his days and his life here on earth. The arrival of the Messiah means hope to everybody. And Mary has that hope because she believes that God keeps his promises. Not only does God see the humble, but God keeps his promises. Mary understood what Gabriel meant in Luke 1, 32 and 33 when he said, He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Yes, I believe Mary knew. Mary knew the son growing inside of her young womb was the Messiah. The one who would save Israel. The one God had promised all along when he called Abraham to leave his family and go off to a new land and promised that his descendants would be as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand in the sea. Sand and shore. Mary knew that the baby growing inside of her was that king. She might not have known exactly what he would go through in life. She might not have seen that he'd suffer the way she, he suffered. But she knew that her baby boy would change the world. She knew because she trusted and believed that God would be faithful. If you've spent or spend any time reading the Old Testament, you'll realize as you read that pretty much the message of the Old Testament is remember when, remember when. I, I can't tell you how many citations in the Old Testament the, the author of the Old Testament or the author of that book says, remember when God delivered the Israelites out of Egypt? Remember when God did this? Remember when God did that? If you read, you'll see they like pile rocks everywhere. So that every time they walk by that spot, they see that pile of rocks and they'll be like, why is that? Oh yeah, that's when God did this. Where are your rock piles? When we're in that place of hopelessness, one of the ways we get out is by remembering that God has been faithful. Not in this like weird, oh, well, maybe he'll be faithful, but I don't actually know. He's never been. What are the times in your life where you're like, if I piled up rocks in this city or on this street corner or at this store or in this church, I would remember what God did. 
It's in that remembering that God is faithful, that we find hope for today. Our faith as followers of Jesus is not in a God who breaks his promises. Mary's hope was in the God who is faithful to the promise he made to Abraham. Our hope is in the God who came and lived and died and three days later walked out of the tomb and said, I'm coming back. Our hope is in Jesus and his return and we know that he will because he has before. If you ask me where my hope is, it's in the guy who said, I'm going to die and three days later rose again and then did it. I can put hope in that guy that he's going to do what, he's going to say, what he said he'll do. We experience hope when we remember God is faithful. So as we begin this Advent journey, where would you put yourself in the story? What do you need to remember about the God we come to worship each Sunday? Do you need to remember that he sees you and he knows you? Are you in the midst of a struggle right now and wondering, am I all alone? Maybe you're in the room today and you're like, I just need to cling to that promise. That just like God noticed Mary, he'll notice me. Do you need to remember that he's called you to serve those on the margins? Do you need to ask him for eyes to see the people that he sees, that we walk by, that we miss, that are easy to overlook? Or do you need to remember that God is going to be faithful to his promises? just like he was faithful before. We're each in different spots, and that's okay. On your way out today, there are these tags laying in a basket next to two Christmas trees out in the lobby. If you would, I'm going to ask you to take one of those tags. Maybe you're in that situation and you just feel all alone. You're hopeless as you walked in today. And you need to just write a few words as a prayer to God. God, this is where I'm at. You don't have to put your name on it. You don't have to tell the whole story. But you just write a few words that remind you of that situation. You hang it on that tree. Maybe there's somebody as you talk about that you know when we talk about people who are on the margins that God's putting in your life and you've kind of been like, uh, I think God put that person here for another reason. Somebody else, somebody else. And you need to just write their first name. First names only, no last names on that tag and hang it on the tree. As a reminder that we need to see the way God sees. Or maybe today you're just thankful that God does continue to show up. That God is faithful. And you just need to write one thing that you're thankful for. Where God has been faithful to the promise he made to you. A time when you experienced his love, his forgiveness, his grace, or his mercy. So once you write that on the tag, just hang it on the tree. And each day this week, as the staff gather for prayer, we'll gather around that tree and just pray over the things that you have put 
on that tree to pray for. So if you would take just a couple minutes on your way out and do that, we'd really appreciate it. Mary waited with hope for her Savior to be born. May her song remind us of the hope we have as we wait on the arrival of Jesus again this year. Will you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, there's a lot going on around us that could cause us to lose hope. Could cause us to wonder if you're still working. Could cause us to wonder if there's any point in all this. God, we lose sight so quickly of the things that you have done. We forget so quickly. And God, I ask and pray that you would forgive us for the times we forget. And God, I pray that you would comfort those who are struggling. God, for those who feel like they're all alone, I pray that someone would show up or something would remind them of your presence or show them your presence for the first time that they couldn't deny. And a breath of hope would flood over them because you are there in the midst of it all with them. God, as we wait on the arrival of your son, again at Christmas, but ultimately when he returns, give us eyes to see those around us who need help, who need hope, who need to hear the message of a savior. And give us wisdom as to how best to share that. Thank you for Jesus. And we pray all this in his name and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. At the close of service today, if you need prayer, if writing it on a card isn't enough for you, but you're like, I need somebody to pray over me today, there will be people up here who would love to pray with you at the end of service. Let's stand and worship.
to us the sun is given Let every heart prepare his throne Let every nation under heaven Come and worship Do not be afraid Great. 
Once again, we want to thank you guys for coming this morning. Um, I'm not really sure what you guys each are dealing with and what you're bringing into this season. But here's the encouragement. 2,000 years ago, God showed up in a moment of silence, a season of silence for a little girl. Changed her life forever. That same God is the same God today, right? So we can trust in that, that he's faithful, he's going to show up. And so maybe we just need to take a position of believing that and waiting on that, even though that's difficult. Hope you guys have a great week. We'll see you back next week.